what you mean, mean what you say I'm from the 3-3, yo, where them boys don't play Say what you mean, mean what you say I'm from the 3-3, yo, where them boys don't play From the northwest to the northeast, say my name once and they know it's me Southeast to the southwest, no arguments, yeah, I got next, John P One, two let me talk my shit again real quick. Yo, 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 yo. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's me, Jean Peter MC. Hope you guys missed me uh, in regards to this podcast. Uh, man, let me get this out the way. So, I've come to the realization that Jean Peter MC, from people that I love dearly, I have what's called uh, creative ADHD. Now, I don't know if this is an official diagnosis, but this is something that I deal with sometimes. I have an idea, and I want to do something else, and I want to do something else. And that could be a gift and a curse. It's a gift because it shows that I'm always working on things and trying to keep the brand going. And then it's also a curse because, you know, if I don't do so well at one thing, I'll go do something else, you know. And not having a plan or a format, you know, it's not really a smart thing. So I'm blessed to have the ideas, but I also know that sometimes it's hard in creativity and artistry to keep track of those things at once. So, you know, I had the vision to do the podcast, but I didn't have a format, you know, get so caught up with work and music and all these different things that I was doing. But, you know, taking that time off from the podcast to have good time management, learn good advice on how to promote it and do it the right way has been a gift for me because now I feel more than ready to bring y'all a podcast that's consistent, that you can trust, that you can rely on. And it all starts with myself. You know, um, we all have these moments where we have these insecurities within ourselves. Everybody has, you know, I know in this age of social media, there are people that are put themselves as perfect and they know all and everything. But even the people that you think are so strong have moments where they feel weak. And I have those moments, too. Like, I didn't feel for the longest time I could do a podcast by myself. You know, I didn't know I was capable. Like, oh, people think it's boring. Would they not care? Instead of just saying, you know, fuck it and just do it, you know, because I have the passion for it. You know, I can't stop what I want to do because somebody else doesn't appreciate it or understand it. You know, I love talking about life and music and just anything that I'm familiar with and then giving advice to people. Because I know there are artists who who look up to me. There's artists who I look up to and I want to use my platform as a way to like keep spreading this good vibes, man. You know, whether it's some information I see. What I think about in music and my life I just want to share that with you So I say all that to say I apologize for the inconsistency Uh, I'm big on quality and consistency And I was not consistent with this podcast So I do apologize But we back man, we back outside We we, we doing some things you know Even for me personally I've been outside Um, On September 3rd I had an art show at the Hub Art Factory Shout out to Tim Carmony Joe Lewis uh, for helping me out, man, with this great idea. Uh, David Sherrill, Amari Evans, Brad Heaton, Kayla Bigler, uh, Jalen McAfee, Joe Lewis, Tim, obviously. So many great people that were a part of that art show in downtown Canton. Uh, it was during First Friday. We went there, put the pictures up at the Hub. Really, really, really want to give a shout out to Joe, man, uh, for holding it down and schooling me on things that I didn't know about curating an art show. Uh, that was a first for me to do. I want to do more of those. I just love showcasing art, though I can't paint a lick. I think as far as being a creative, still being a part of that world, you want to do something with it. Uh, the photographers are great. 
The painters were great. Man, so it, it was just a vibe, man. You know, uh, the people came out. One of the dopest moments for me, though, was when people would come to the art show and they didn't know who put it together. Uh, I was standing next to a lady, uh, you know, a fancy looking lady. You know, she came to the show. She's looking at the piece and she's like, oh, are you here just to watch? And I'm like, nah, I put this together. And she was so shocked. <laughs> she was like, oh, you did, huh? Yeah, okay. That's why we're all black, so you can know. I didn't even wear stripes at my art show. If you know me, I wear stripes all the time. So I didn't put the stripes on, but I want to thank everybody for coming to that art show, man. It was definitely big for the city in regards to the creatives and the people who follow me for so long who appreciate that. Um, to see that in Canton, you know, there's other culture here besides football and, and sports. You know, there's a lot of things here that are not documented and that's what 3PO Kids is about you know just showcasing movements that don't get the right recognition you know and that includes the arts community and hip-hop that's my opinion of what's not being uh, presented in this city so on top of having a show an art show on the third I was able to get back on stage the following week that following week I had this show Jean P the MC live at the Oracles on September 10th in Canton uh, at the Hub Art Factory, man. I want to give a shout out to my man DJ Panic, uh, Kenny Jackson who hosted Trek Manifest who came from Columbus, uh, Broadwavy, my man Bryce he came from ATL, my cousin Fredo out here getting it in, Kobe, Pablo Sanders, man, everyone that just came out to the show. Um, to perform. Now, I will say, uh, in the 13 years I've been doing music, this was definitely a first uh, and an eye-opener for me in regards to uh, how the attendance was handled. So, my show, uh, you had to have a negative COVID test or proof of vaccination. And, you know, uh, me being vaccinated, I'm thinking, you know, people are going along with it. When I first got the vaccine, and it's like now we're dealing in an age where people are battling, you know, vaccinated versus non-vaccinated. And it definitely showed uh, at my show. Um, it wasn't the most heavily attended show in regards to population and, and, and the, of the crowd and things like that. Uh, but, you know, people chose to not come if they were not vaccinated. But for those that were there, man, we rocked it out. Um, I'm learning as an MC, it's so important to just use that time, like, Sometimes as rappers, we had this perception in our head that every show is going to be packed. Every album we're going to do is going to do great. You know, sometimes you're going to take those L's. And that's what the venue told me. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you know, this is the first night we're doing this. And I respect that. You know, and I kind of went into it expecting that. But, man, just performing after a year, um, after I lost a couple pounds a little bit, got in shape and just trusting my own artistry man it felt good you know i didn't lose a step in regards to performing uh, you know i, I could have went all night you know what i'm saying but all the other performers i was proud of them uh my man kenny the host he, that guy was crazy man I, I was in the back and all i could hear um was his jokes about chlamydia <laughs> I, I, I never knew comedians you know could make so many jokes about that but my man did but he came through man and he looked out for me so I respect Kenny for that even Trek for driving Bryce catching a flight in from the ATL as mentioned uh, it was really really dope so I'm hoping that in the future you know shows lighten up a little bit and people just do the right thing you know I, I don't want to make this a COVID episode talking about vaccines or not you know but you know I, I feel like this is something that needs to be done um, for something that's taking people's lives you know it's the right thing to do you know so 
But, you know, people have their choices. They choose to go where they want to go. They choose what protocols not to follow. And, you know, it's not my energy to argue with them. You know, All I can do is make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So for the people that attended, Jean-P, the MC, and friends at the ARC on the 10th, I thank you all so much for that, man. Uh, I appreciate it. It just felt good to be back on the stage. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we, we had a really, really good time, man, for those that were there. Let's hope we do more and more and more shows. I'm just happy, man, to be back on Say What You Mean. The more that I do the podcast right now as I'm recording it, I'm getting that energy back. And I'm just so excited, man. So we're going to talk about Drake. We're going to talk about the versus battle with Fat Joe and Ja Rule. We're going to talk about the Met Gala. And then I'm going to also talk about my mother, uh, her birthday. Feb- Sorry, not February, Jesus. September 17th. You know, that was my mother's birthday. She'd be 48 years old. So we're going to talk about my mom for a little bit. So sit back with me. Tune in on a new episode of Say What You Mean. Episode 7, www.jeanpthemc.com. Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, JeanPTheMC. J-E-A-N-P-T-H-E-M-C. We'll be right back. Peace. Yo, listen up. What's up? This is John P. The MC, episode seven of the podcast. Say what you mean. And I owe my man an apology because I didn't give him a shout out. He was a part of the art show too, my man Corey Show. Never want to forget my shout outs and people that were a part of the things that helped me with my legacy. So shout out to Corey Show for contributing some pieces to the 330 Kids art show that took place on September 3rd. Now, speaking of recognition and art, it's safe to say that this guy I'm about to talk about right now, man, um, whether you like his album or Kanye's album, Drake, man. Now, Drake is doing some pretty unique things, not even unique like you expect because of how big he is, but also it's just like, damn, you didn't even know that was possible. So Drake actually has nine out of 10 of the songs on the billboards right now, Hot 100. Uh, Way Too Sexy is the number one song. Um, according to Billboard, it said that Drake boasts one of the most dominant weeks in the 63-year history of the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, as he became the first artist ever to claim as many as nine of the ten spots in a single frame. Now, that's that's something I've never heard, and it's pretty dope uh, in regards to streaming. And it also makes you wonder... Uh, do do artists look at these type of accomplishments as you know what I'm going to make these type of songs to make these type of accomplishments or what is it you know because if you compare both albums because you know Donda came out on August 29th and then Drake came out September 3rd um, in my opinion I think Drake is looking at music as uh, trying to get his trophies man I mean when you think about it like these songs like Way Too Sexy is number one Currently at 67 million streams. Uh, Girls Want Girls, 57.4 million streams. Fair Trade with Travis Scott, 53.8 million streams. Uh, Champagne Poetry, everybody's busting freestyles of that, 48.3 million streams. Like, it's, it, it makes you wonder, like, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Grandmaster Kaz on Drink Champ. Shout out to Nori. That's one of my favorite podcasts. And Grandmaster Kaz was saying, like, when you get into the game, 
like doing it for the culture, it kind of goes out of the window when you get involved with the industry. So it kind of makes you wonder, like, does Drake, obviously he appreciates the music, but does Drake know, you know, whatever I put my name on or attach my name to, it's going to do numbers, you know, because for him to do these big, big numbers and he's still getting accomplishments from his other albums, it's mind-blowing, man. Like, I seen, like, at the awards show uh, last year, they gave Drake artists of this generation, and it definitely makes sense, you know. When you go to Spotify, he's the number seven artist in the world. Because I know this past month or so, people were debating between Kanye's album of Donda or CLB. Now, in regards to those projects, in my opinion, sonically, Donda is kind of doing a little more than Drake, you know, because with Drake, you know what to expect. But it doesn't make it for bad music. It's just, you know, you kind of wait for Drake like, okay, you know, what are you going to talk about now? Because it's like now, you know, if you get the big names, you get the futures and the thugs and the babies on the songs, you're good. And plus, you know, obviously Drake is a trendsetter, you know. Light Skin Brothers is back in style, you know, <laughs> when it comes to Drake's, you know. so And then with Kanye, you know, I'm learning this thing where I'm looking at um, artists, um, and their promotion techniques is two different ways. I'm looking at it from two different sides. You know, the world said like, oh man, Kanye's doing these listening parties. They look like cult rituals and they do look very different to the to some people. But on the artistic level, you know, this could be Kanye's way of displaying his art. You know, I looked at it as, you know, maybe it's a gallery, you know, because you do have live art galleries where people will, you know, present themselves in a certain way or do some type of... Um, art where they're using themselves you know um even when you looked at uh his listening party in chicago where you know he had his house in the middle of the field and you know you had the uh suburbans driving around it protecting the house and then west side gun and then marilyn manson three three oh kids in the building <laughs> you know was there uh baby keem all these people were popping out of this house um and also you know it's just a person's way of grieving, you know, because that's the thing that me and him have in common. We both lost our mothers and, you know, artists that could, that's our way of grieving. You know, there's times where I get sad about my mom or I miss my mom. And I know the best way to share that grief is through art, is through music. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I don't know if that's Drake's approach with Certified Lover Boy, you know, even from the album cover with the emojis, with the pregnant women on them, uh, you know, it's like Drake knows it's an attention-seeking thing versus with Kanye, he knows he gets the attention anyway, but he still looks at the music as uh, as art. You know what I'm saying? So that's my take on uh, Donda and CLB because, you know, with me talking about Drake's new album, you had to talk about it because if they weren't talking about Certified Lover Boy, you know, they were talking about, they were talking about Donda. You know what I'm saying? I mean... Dude sold six hundred and thirteen thirteen excuse me, six hundred and thirteen thousand album sales in a week in a time where people aren't buying music, you know, like certain artists are getting those numbers. And just the vibe of the project, like you knew the songs were just for the charts, like uh Way Too Sexy with Future and Young Thug, you know. Everybody knows that sample. And just the way the songs marketed and played, yeah, you know it's gonna be a number one. And it is number one record, you know. So, you know, props to Drake for looking at music at the ways I present it, you know, he could look at it as art as well or as a way like, look, you know, I got bills to pay, you know, so I have to make these type of records because at the end of the day, you know, being in the music industry, it is a business, you know, this is facts, you know, you have to make certain songs to make certain ends or get to certain places, you know, and Drake and Kanye have that either way it goes. 
Like even with Kanye, people had so many bad things to say about the album before it even came out, and we all still listen to it. I have my comments about both of them, you know, but I still listen to them. Now, are they my favorite Drake and Kanye albums? Hell no. Nah. I'll bump Take Care, Nothing Was the Same in a Heartbeat, and I'll go back to College Dropout and graduation and my beautiful dark, dark twisted fantasy to get that feel for Kanye but I appreciate the newer stuff because he's putting on artists that I like to listen to like uh, Baby Keem uh, Baby Keem is an artist out of Las Vegas who happens to be cousins with Kendrick Lamar who just signed to PG Lang like that's one of my favorite albums out this week uh, he has an album out called Melodic Blue uh, the first single family ties with Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's pretty cool to see Baby King go from a guy I saw on Instagram to, you know, brushing shoulders with Jay-Z, being on the album with Kanye, and having his own album and his first single be with his cousin, Kendrick Lamar. You know what I'm saying? Uh, people were talking about that verse too, you know. Uh, with Kendrick, he was like, amazing, brother. Pop off only on occasion, brother. <laughs> shout, shout out to Kendrick Lamar, man. Like, I love that Kendrick was like, you know what? Y'all got two albums, but I got one verse. It's going to shut all this shit down, man. So um, I like Kendrick verse more than both the albums. You feel what I'm saying? But, you know, I'm always looking forward to Kendrick or Drake or Kanye. And also Baby King, man. If y'all want some new music to check out, because I know there's like a million rappers that come on every day on Spotify. Take the time to listen to Baby King's new album, The Melodic Blue. Pretty dope, very creative, beats are slamming, hard as hell, man. So, yeah, man, shout out to Drake, man, for accomplishing these records. You know, homie really is like the Beatles of hip-hop, you know. Um, he's matching everything they've done, but just in a different generation. Um, you know, he's had, like, the biggest week for an album in over a year, you know what I'm saying, with the pandemic. So, to come out like this, man, it kind of gives you hope on what's next to come for Drake. So, yeah, man, shout out to Drizzy, keep Drake breaking those records. We're going to be right back and we are going to talk about this versus battle with Ja Rule and Fat Joe. And then we're going to talk about the Met Gala, a.k.a. according to Twitter, the Illuminati Prime. All right, we'll be right back. Peace. I'm too sexy for this sir. Too sexy for your girl. Too sexy for this world. Too sexy for this ice. Too sexy for that jack. Yeah, yeah. I'm too sexy for this chain. Too sexy for your game. Too sexy for this fame. Yeah, yeah. I'm too sexy for the trap. Too sexy for that cap. Too sexy for that jack. Yeah, yeah. Okay, alright, that's fine. Okay, okay. Feeling too sexy to accept requests. Way too sexy. And I'm way too sexy to go unprotected. Way too sexy. And she popped a Tesla, now she gonna let you. Okay, alright. Yo, 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 okay. what up, what up, man? This is John Peter MC. We are back. That's right. Uh, some of you are listening, like, man, John did another episode, and I'm gonna keep doing that. I'm gonna keep it consistent. That's my word. You know, I've always been consistent for a while, but sometimes, you know, with that creative ADHD, I want to do something else next. But no, I'm doing this now. This is what I want to do. Working on the album and doing this podcast. So, yes, yes, I'm working on another album. Um, I don't even know if it's an album, man. It's a project, you know, because, like, some of the songs don't even have two, three verses. It's just like, this is my body of art, but in the form of music. So, you know, I'm still working on the way I see it. Still working on that. Don't want to give no confirmed release dates just yet. You know what I'm saying? But I am working on it. Shout out to the guys that have been helping me make this thing dope. But I want to talk about some other uh, dope things. Because like I said before earlier, I want to look at things two different sides. Now, the first I'm going to look at, the first side I'm looking at right now when it comes to this is uh, 
what the hell do they have on? Yes, I'm talking about uh, the Met Gala. You know, I never really dug into what it was or what it was about. I just know every year on the timeline around this time, there are these pictures of celebrities and they put on this this crazy gear, crazy clothes that apparently cost so much money um, that you wouldn't even believe it. But so the Met Gala basically or uh, the Costume Institute Gala is like a yearly benefit uh, that takes place at the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. Um, in New York City, you know, I think I've been there uh, when I went to visit New York and I didn't know that was going on there. I thought it was in Los Angeles for some reason. But every time they have these, um, this fundraiser, there's a theme, you know, so um, all of the fashion that you see that you agree with or that you don't agree with, there's always an underlying theme. And this year's theme was um, in America. And in my opinion, uh, these motherfuckers was not dressed like they was in America. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what was going on, man. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not into the high fashion. You know, some of this shit was like, oh, you know, you know, if I was rich and had money, I, I'd put it on. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I would. But when you hear about um, the prices, you definitely cannot uh, sit with these people. Man, from from what I was told, the tickets are almost like ten to thirty thousand dollars. You know, in regards to um, just attending the event, they raise almost two million dollars, two hundred million dollars at these uh, events. But you know, it's just a big social gathering. You know, to see your favorite celebrities and and fashion that they know people are going to talk about. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, uh, how these people even get in these rooms to. Um, to even talk about it or just to, just to be there uh to see the the black artists showcasing their fashion and um i i never tuned into the stream you know i just was going off of the pictures like i seen little nas x he had on the outfit he looked like um c3po uh frank ocean he was holding a doll uh i even seen um naomi osaka was there uh, Billie Eilish, who actually looked pretty nice. Uh, she she actually had on a pretty nice dress, like she turned off the baggy pants or whatever, and put on a pretty decent dress. You know what I'm saying? Um, before I just bash it, you know, I will front. You know, sometimes in the fashion world, people do wear shit where it's like, bro, what what is that? Like, why do you why do you have that on? But you know, to to each his own. You know, that's that's what you choose to wear. Hey, put the shit on. You know, I mean, if it gets you more exposure. But I was so weak at Little Nas X, man, because it's like with him, he knows people are going to talk about him. You know, um, I was waiting for Little Boosie to pop out and tell him that shit was wrong. You know, but Little Boosie, I, I guess he's like the spokesperson for like you know homophobia. You know, when it comes to black men, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But Little Boosie is not a fan of what's going on in the rap game. None of the fugazi shit. The biggest takeaway for me, though, uh, obviously, was uh, Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian showed up uh, with a masked, masked man. I don't know if it was Kanye or not, but, man, <laughs> when it comes to fashion, like, Kim Kardashian, like, she just, she had on this outfit. It looked like a black gown, and it covered her whole body. It was like a bodysuit with a gown. She looked like... Um, the predator for real like when you really looked at it it was, it was pretty crazy man but i guess all of this fashion raises money for the costume institute at the museum so i, I guess it's a good cause i mean some understood the assignment you know asat rocky my man you showed up looking like a bowl of cap and crunch you know what i'm saying um i don't know man you know so, there were some white people there that didn't really know what that meant in regards to the theme of um, 
in America or American fashion because, like I said, it did not look American. Like Evan Mock had on like a dominatrix mask or something with his suit. And uh, Lupita Nyong'o, she looked amazing. You know, Kim Kardashian showed up looking like a dark winged duck. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was pretty wild, man. But like I said, like the times I looked on the timeline, it was pretty interesting to see like what celebrity is to get away with. Because, you know, if I showed up to work with... Um, if I was a woman and I showed up with uh, Sierra's dress, you know, she showed up, you know, with uh, Russell Wilson's jersey on as a dress. Like, she took jersey dress to, like, different standards. Like, not jersey dress in the Chinese store. She got her jersey dress made. Uh, I think it was designed by Dundas. Um, and it was a nod to football. You know what I mean? But, you know, like I said, you know, they wore the fancy dresses. Uh, I also want to give a shout-out to uh, Chloe and Halle Bailey. Uh, just because, you know, Chloe, you know, I just want to let you know you are appreciated <laughs> by me, my timeline, everybody. You know, she she just so bad, man. Gorgeous. Gorgeous, man. Hopefully they let me go to the Met Gala one day. I'm going to wear all stripes. Whatever I wear, I'm going to wear stripes with it. So, uh, yeah, man, the Met Gala is interesting. I always love when it comes to the timeline. Like, when I go to social media, the best time to be on social media is for, like, award shows and entertainment like this. So, it was it was dope, man. So, shout out to the Met Gala. Um, if you have any questions or any favorite moments from the Met Gala, let me know. I want to I wanna hear your thoughts on it. I want to see, you know, what you would wear to the Met Gala. Go ahead and let me know, man. Comment, you know, tap in with me. Maybe we can all get some tickets. We can pitch in on one ticket because I imagine these tickets are not cheap. So, you know, we can all just pitch in and figure out who wants to go to the Met Gala in 2022. All right. This is Jean Peter MC. We'll be right back with Fat Joe and Ja Rule. And then we are going to talk about my mother. Peace. Yo, 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 yo. What up, man? This is Jean Peter MC back with episode seven of Say What You Mean. I miss you guys, man. Creative ADHD and happy birthday, mom. That's right. Listen, man, I want to talk about this battle because there's been a lot of versus battles. I know a lot of podcasts cover them. Um, sometimes guys will just watch clips, but this one, I had to watch the whole thing. I had to watch the whole thing because these two artists were a part of. Uh, my childhood growing up, man, and also they're two great MCs, you know what I mean? Uh, Fat Joe versus Ja Rule. Man, it was crazy. It took place on the 14th of September at Madison Square Garden. First of all, I love the energy of New York City. Like, it was funny because I was watching it with my girl, and she wasn't used to how they talk to each other because, you know, those guys come at each other mad aggressive, but they're also friends with each other, so she didn't really understand, like, why they were quote-unquote yelling at each other but you know it's just that competitive energy man i loved it you know um dj technics if that i apologize for getting his name wrong but the dj he snapped it it, it was just a great 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 event for hip-hop and one thing that i realized and i'm going to say this on my podcast ja rule deserves his flowers immediately immediately I know for years when 50 came out we switched up on ja we did like you know because let's be honest for a long time, Ja Rule was one of those ones. 
He was the singing rapper. He was the guy that knew how to make the hits. He was just, he, I can't think of a time when Ja Rule dropped the song and the times he was like, in my opinion, popping from like 99 to 04, that was bad. Or even Fat Joe. Now, granted, Fat Joe doesn't have like as many hits as Ja, but please don't count Fat Joe out. I mean, he literally started his verses with the song uh, Flo Joe from 93. Real hip hop heads know that's the digging in the crates era. Um, for Fat Joe, you know, and then Fat Joe went to It's Murder, and then Fat Joe came with My Lifestyle, and um, then Ja Rule started with Can I Get Her with Jay-Z, oh man, he went into that, uh, then Fat Joe came right back with the I Shot You verse, you know what I'm saying, and uh, then Ja Rule did Holla, and uh, Fat Joe, wh- one thing I respect about Fat Joe was like, I was shocked, because you know, People forget that at one point Fat Joe was quote unquote like on his real hip hop shit. You know what I'm saying? So when Fat Joe was bringing out those songs we weren't as familiar with, the real heads know. Like he did The Enemy with Big L, you know, and that's one of my favorite Big L features, you know, and songs that he did. And then Job will come back with Living It Up. And uh, one of the dopest moments for me, though, was when Remy Ma came out and did the Andy Up verse. And then she rapped. Big Pun's verse on Deep Cover, 98. Remy Ma, she she showed out last night. I can't wait till she gets on the stage. But one of the coolest things about the battle, too, was, like, the confidence. Like, you know, Ja Rule was talking his shit. And, and shockingly enough, he had a reason to. Like, like all night he was saying, I'm the singing rapper. I'm, I'm the, the first. And he was, man. Like, Ja Rule was the first dude you saw that, like, had that appeal of a New York rapper, but he was singing hooks. I mean, think about the songs like I'm Real and So Much Pain. And when he did Put It On Me and had Lil Mo and Vita come out, it, it changed the game. But also, it Fat Joe was coming right back. You know, he started getting out of the the All The Way. He did All The Way Up and John Blaze and Ha Ha, Don Cartagena did Win and all that. And then Ja Rule was just coming. You know, he did uh, Rainy Days on Mary J., Clap back, when I cry, mesmerize, always on time. He even did the I'm Real remix with J Lo. She wasn't there. Ashanti came out and helped out Fat Joe and Ja Rule. That was dope too. Like she came out on both sides looking good. Ashanti. Ashanti just does not age at all. But overall, man, she just, woo, boy. Y'all know how I go. Y'all got Instagram. Y'all be seeing Ashanti on there. You know, I, I like verses because. Uh, we're, we're in a new generation with with artists, um, younger artists who may not appreciate, you know, what was before them. So I love the fact that Fat Joe was bringing out those songs from 93. And I love that Ja Rule was reminding people like, yo, I got hits, you know. Um, <laughs> the One of the funniest, craziest shots that I heard. Uh, so Fat Joe, he has a song uh, called Sunshine. That was produced by Cool and Dre. Came out this year. He did that song. I hear it on the radio sometimes. And then Ja Rule was like, you better hope that shit lasts in 20 years. Because <laughs> that's a mind-blowing thing to know that Ja Rule made these songs when I was between the ages of like 9 and 14. And when he played them at the verses last night, it, it was refreshing. It was like, man, he could put this out right now and it, it would do something. You know, um, Fat Joe brought Nelly out. You know what I'm saying? The dude get it popping. Uh, he didn't make it rain. Nelly did hot in her. 
it, it was a lot of a lot of great moments, you know, and even Fat Joe saying how he put people on, you know, like Remy Ma, uh, DJ Khaled. And that was a fact, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I never heard of DJ Khaled until I heard of, until Fat Joe said something about him, you know. I, I'm just happy that Ja got his flowers. I am convinced at one point he forgot how many hit songs he had because the DJ would play something and Ja would be like, oh, shit. Oh, man, I forgot I got this, too. And then the crowd would just go crazy. But I respect Fat Joe for doing it for the culture. Uh, he kept saying this quote last night. Yesterday's price is not today's price. I have to really do a good uh, philosophical analysis on what that means. But in a weird way, it makes sense. Maybe it's something about value. You know, a lot of people make up quotes and, you know, it makes sense to them. But it takes years for us to catch on. But that was the tagline for the battle that I watched. Yesterday's price is not today's price. And I respect Fat Joe because we talk about Ja having these great hits, right? But Fat Joe is one of those guys who will come out with a song maybe once a year, once every two years, and it's always going to pop. So I know a lot of people wanted Ja ruling 50 Cent, but I respect Fat Joe for even stepping up to the plate and taking that challenge, you know, because people wouldn't battle Ja because Ja has so many hits. I was writing down the songs, and all of those songs was number ones, you know, um, Lean Back was on the charts 47 out of the 52 weeks uh, when it came out, you know, and Ja Rule was just like, yo, I got hits, hits, hits. And you got to admire Ja's confidence, you know, because when you get on social media, you know, people slander him like with the fire Fest and what happened with 50 Cent and things like that. But Ja Rule came out there like, listen, I don't give a damn. These are hit records. Not everybody can say They've done what he's done in regards to music. So I'm glad Job reminded people that, yo, I'm one of those ones, too. You know, don't don't count me out just yet. So shout out to F Fat Joe. Excuse me. Shout out to Ja Rule. It was a really exciting battle. Um, I would like to see Diddy and Dr. Dre. But, you know, Dr. Dre, ain't. I don't think Dr. Dre is going to do a versus. He doesn't need to. There's some people who look at it as a fun, competitive way to get their numbers up. But versus is a brand. You know, you see how artists get on these competitions and then their numbers just go right up. I remember watching the Locks and Dipset. And though Dipset got destroyed, Jadakiss's numbers went up on his streaming, his sales, like 300%. And it reminded people like, yo, I'm, I'm one of those guys. So, you know, Versus is a great platform. Uh, mad respect to Timberland and Swiss for putting that together. I remember during the pandemic, they were just in their cars just playing their songs to keep us entertained during the pandemic. And now it's turned into uh, one of the hottest events uh, from hip hop, you know, and how they ended the show. Jadakiss made an appearance, you know, they did. I'm from New York. Fat Joe, Ja Rule, Jadakiss. Uh, one of my favorite bars in that song was when Jadakiss said, uh, they say you deserve it whenever you die with your eyes open. Whew, boy. Jadakiss is one of them MCs that'll make you just go back to the drawing board and make sure your pen is on point. But overall, I enjoyed the verses. I love to hear your favorite verses battles. I'm looking forward to them every time they come on. It depends on the artist. Like, Certain ones I watch the whole thing, but other than that, I watch like clips. But for the purpose of this podcast, I watched the entire thing for three hours. It was worth it. Um, just to be reminded of the legacy of both of those guys. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely remember Fat Joe, um, do John Blaze and those type of songs, man. So, you know, respect to Fat Joe and respect to Ja Rule. We're gonna take a quick, 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 quick break, y'all. I know the verses that was fun to talk about. I got I can't wait to see the next one because I'm gonna talk about that too. But um we are going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to uh, close out the podcast with a special shout-out to the woman who 
raise me, my mother, Sherry Monroe. We'll be right back with the Say What You Mean podcast. Peace. Peace, peace. Jean Peter MC back again on this episode of Say What You Mean. I mentioned earlier in the show that I wanted to uh, make a segment. Um, originally on both sides of the mic, I would do what's called Peace Positive Point. And I plan on bringing that back with this, um, with the podcast. And I wanted to make this one very special. Um, not really one where I kind of uh, have something pre-planned or something to say. This is kind of just something that... Uh, you know, I wanted to share from the heart, you know, uh, this year, my mother, she would have been 48 years old. She passed away from cancer January 2nd, 2006 um, of cancer, you know, and I would be lying to you if I said from that time until this very moment that things were not, um, things were easy for me, you know, uh, music and just being a creative has been something that uh, that keeps me together in regards to handling the loss of my mom. But, you know, I, I wanted to wait for the right time to talk about, you know, the amazing woman, you know, that she was. I don't have the luxury of having my mother as a guest on this podcast. So, you know, I just go off of what I remember and what I could share with the people. So uh, in the past week or so, my grandmother had to move from our home, her home, uh, that she lived in for almost 30 years. And upon us moving out, there were so many pictures and a lot of accomplishments that uh, that I found that I might have seen when I was a kid, but when you sit and think about them and look at them as an as a grown man, it, it definitely hits you different. One of the things I learned about my mom was that she was really smart, like like academically gifted. Man, like there were so many awards and and trophies from when she attended Allen Elementary and Hartford. And mind you, when she graduated high school, you know, she she was a teen mother. And, you know, I seen letters from her getting scholarships and her even being acknowledged by Canton City Schools for, you know, the things that she's done as a student and just working with, with, with the community and the children and just all that while going to church. And one of the things that I've learned about my mom, I was talking to my Uncle Jerry yesterday and we were talking about uh, Mount Olive Missionary Baptist Church, uh, the church that we would go to on the southeast side. And when my mom was about 13 years old, she directed the mass choir like um, and the youth choir. And she was being paid for it. You know, and I always wondered that, you know, because when you're a kid, you think people just do things um, out of an act of service and want to do it. But, you know, I also keep in mind, you know, she was a young mom. You know, my mom was... She was 17 when she had me, 17 or 16 uh, when she had me. And, you know, for her to still have a 4.2 GPA and still go to Malone to pursue um, childhood education because she wanted to be a teacher in Kansas City schools, you know, uh, things like that just inspire me on my path as a creative and a person that just wants to make a difference. 
You know, she she always told me to never steer away from the things I want to do. And that kind of ties into the theme of this episode, me having creative ADHD, you know, because I feel if she was here, she would tell me the same thing, you know, because she had a lot on her plate, but she got it all done. She she managed to raise two children, work, focus on her education and direct the choir. And me, I try to focus on being an artist, a creative, a boyfriend, a mailman, all these different things that I love to do, podcast host, these things that I love to do, but I learned that they take time management, you know what I'm saying? But it also inspires me to keep going, you know, because it, it, it's been a rough, the, the whole gap I was doing the podcast, it was a lot of highs and there were a lot of lows. And when I think about her birthday coming up, her being 48 years old, you know, there's people such as myself included who haven't properly healed from losing a loved one. So if there's someone out there that's listening to this podcast who may be experiencing what I'm experiencing, but with a different relative or even with your own mother, understand like the thing to get through those moments that I could tell you is to always remember the things they taught you. One thing about uh, losing a loved one is when you don't have that time with them physically, you think about the moments that you shared. And my mother always had a smile on her face. She was always good to people. Um, to the point where they would tell her she's too nice sometimes, but also she would not be afraid to say how she felt about things. She loved God. She loved her children. She loved, you know, um, her family. She she loved so many things. And when you think of life and someone losing their life to cancer, especially a person who who's good like my mom, you know, it's like, you know, life goes on. These type of things happen. You know, um, I did an episode with Trek Manifest earlier um, starting this podcast and, you know, to see him talk about his experiences and then, you know, him going to therapy about it, you know, um, it's something I've thought about doing. Um, cause I can only make so many songs. I can only, you know, do so many events and look at so many pictures, you know, to, to not remind myself of losing her, you know, and, and, and it's not easy, but when I think about her smile and, when I'm on my mail route and there's people who knew my mom and even knew my father, because, you know, my father passed away when I was six, you know, the, the legacies that they left, you know, it, it inspires me so much to keep going. And it's also my Uncle Jerry's birthday, too. My mom was a twin. And thinking about her and even me and my own uncle's relationship, you know, we've had moments where we, you know, we were not getting along. And, you know, sometimes pride will have you overlooking things that you need to realize. I don't think any of us were thinking about what my mother would think if she knew me and my Uncle Jerry were having these problems or even problems in our family. And, you know, at some point in life, you just, it, it clicks. You know, and I'm very blessed that at this moment, um, my Uncle Jerry and I, who he, he's the closest thing to my mother, you know, we get along with each other, you know, because he's the one that, you know, inspired me to be a hip hop artist early in life before I even knew I was going to be, quote unquote, Jean P the MC. So those type of relationships that I have with my uncle is my way of honoring my mother, you know, being good to people, being nice. Um, kids love my mom. So, you know, on my mail route, I give candy to kids, you know, little little things like that that kids don't forget, you know, um, she was a rare soul. You know, I don't say that because she was just my mother, but she was definitely a rare soul, as my father was, you know, um, to have these photos and pictures and letters. Um, 
that he wrote her from the time they were in Hartford up until she was pregnant with me, it it, it pulls at my heart a little bit to know, like, man, I just wish I could have known the stories behind these pictures and photos, but also look at their families that's still here, the people that I still have around me um, to help me, you know, maintain in life. Because it gets hard because I, I know, like, she she be behind me in everything that I'm doing. And if it's anybody out there that's dealing with loss, and I know this is very unprofessional to say, but please contact me. I'm not no big celebrity. I'm not a big superstar, none of that shit. If you need help talking about grieving, especially us black, black men, because we just told to just suck it up. I'm telling you, like, that's not always a good remedy to suck up that pain. It's okay to cry. It's okay to miss somebody. But to not let that hurt you or hinder you, think of the good moments that they left with you. You know what I'm saying? Someone that lost a father or a mother. You know, think about the moments and legacy. That's going to that's gonna keep you pushing in this world because... You know, me not doing the podcast, it was a lot of that. You know, it was a lot of me having great moments, but me just trying to figure things out, doing one thing at a time. And I know that's something that she would have told me. So I wanted to take a moment to just show her love, wish her a happy 48th birthday. I love you on behalf of me and my sister, Jantia, the aunts and uncles and cousins and the friends, you know, we, we we still love you. We still miss you. We still think about you. And also, man, to my Uncle Jerry, man, you know, it's, it's deeper than music with us. And that's something that we realize, you know. Sometimes certain relationships aren't meant to be in certain aspects, you know. Um, though it may not have worked out on a music level, that doesn't mean shit to me because at the end of the day, as long as I can call my uncle and laugh and talk about life and and continue and him teaching me things about being a man. You know what I'm saying? That's more important to me because the music shape one may not last for a long time. All of us ain't going to have them platinum plaques or successes that we expect to have out of hip hop. But as long as you're able to make a living and leave an impact with what you have and still get that hustle on. And that's why I love my Uncle Jerry is like, you know, he just always teaches me to keep going because Uncle Jerry keeps going. You know what I'm saying? And my mom would have kept going. You know, when she was sick, she was still raising me and my sister, a 15 and 11-year-old at the time. So it's like things like that inspire me to keep going. So I say all that to say happy birthday to Sherry and Jerry. My Uncle Jerry's going to be kicking it, you know what I'm saying, for his birthday. Uh, mom, you already know I'm, I'm, I'm going to have that time to, you know, to, to go to the gravesite and, and, and make you look good, you know. But um, I love y'all. This is your man, Jean P. The MC, www.jeanpthemc.com, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all the same. I want to give a shout out to my homeboy, Kyle Fonts, B-Size Podcast. Please check that out. Um, man, who else I want to shout out? You know, this is the part of the show. You got to shout. You got to shout your people out, man. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Russell Hustle, my nephew Quincy, just had a birthday, one year old, you know what I'm saying? Shout out my man B. Schneid, just had a birthday too, a lot of September birthdays, you know what I'm saying? So shout out to y'all, man. Thank you for listening. I will see y'all on the next, ne- I'm sorry, I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace and love, y'all. We out. Uh, say what you mean, mean what you say. I'm from the 3 3 yo. Where them boys don't play, say what you mean, mean what you say. I'm from the 3 3 yo. 
Where them boys don't play From the northwest to the northeast Say my name once and they know it's me Southeast to the southwest No arguments, yeah, I got next John P One, two Let me talk my shit again real quick